Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 82. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, locals. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and I'm your host for today, and I'm so glad you decided to join us today. Um, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Bluehost, our web hosting service here at Brick and Mortar Reporter. And if you're looking for a website, you can also get on Bluehost. It's very inexpensive, and it's not difficult at all to get your website set up with WordPress. So if you want to do that, you're looking for one, you just want to see what's available and see if you're URL is uh, currently not taken, you can go to the brick and mortar reporter forward slash website. Once you get there, there'll be a box. You just put in the URL you're thinking of getting and uh, it will tell you it's if it's available. It'll tell you how much it costs. And once you do that, once you, if you purchase a website through that, then what I will do is give you a bonus. I will send you a document that tells you um, the top plugins that I have used for my websites and that are recommended to get on there just as soon as you get started. And that will help with the ease of use and the functionality of your website. So brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website if you're looking for a website. And today, welcome to Friday. Happy Friday. Um, Today, we've had a rough week. I'll be quite honest with you. Disappointing for the week after Thanksgiving. Um, Barely breaking even. And then I've made a couple of stupid mistakes myself that have put me in uh, a little bit of a setback. And, but they're, you know, they're mistakes you make. Um, well, when you mix salt and sugar up and, you know, do a few other crazy things like that. And so I'm human, so I'll do it, and I've got a lot on my mind, so I understand I might not be functioning at maximum brain capacity, although I also need to start eating some uh, vitamins that are good for brain function. Every time I see that, I think it's Lumosity commercial where it talks about doing exercises for your brain. I'm like, I need to do that. So um, anyway, so it's been a rough week, Um, but the thing is I've noticed around me, down at Mallory Square. I uh, have also noticed it's not just been rough for me. It's been rough for everyone down there. It's been a tough crowd this week and many people on um, food vendors um, are also struggling as well as I am. So I can't expect to go in and roll in the dough whenever everyone is down um, across the board. So we're feeling low and um, I did have a funny thing last night happen, and I'll tell, and then I'll get into what I'm gonna uh, the content of our, our podcast. But it was funny because I've told you before, and I, I told you that I'm not meaning to be disrespectful when I say you know conch fritter did this and pineapple did that and hot dog did this. And these are the we're, we're talking when we have these conversations. We're talking about the people that have the boots that are hot dog and conch fritter and uh, pineapple. Well, you know, if you've followed me on this journey at all, you know I haven't started and stuck with one food yet and so it's funny so um i was talking to a lady last night and she's because we were talking about who's going to be down in mallory whenever the cruise ships come in whenever we can start being there during the day and she said um you're in conch fritters in she said i already told him that big house was in 
and she then she started cracking up. She goes, oh, I hope you don't mind. I call you Big House. I don't know what else to call you. And so, um, well, I mean, my name would be a start, but it was just funny because she's calling me because my cart looks like a little conch house, and so she calls me Big House. So I guess Big House is my name, and eventually maybe there'll be a food that'll go along with that that will stick. So I just thought that was funny that everyone else, conch fritter, pineapple, hot dog, and Big House. <laughs> But it gave us a good laugh at the end of a rough day. But, you know, the interesting thing is about business is that every single person that has been successful at some point in their life has failed. And probably not just failed, many times had epic failures or they have failed miserably. And so I, whenever I was uh, trying to uh, encourage myself, I came across this article um, from Business Insider, and I wanted to, to share it with you. Uh, it's just, it's these famous people who we know to be great leaders and great business people and just huge successes. But before their success, they had many, many failures. And had they given up when they had the failures, they would have never pushed through to have the monumental success that they have. Um, it's very interesting. It will, when we go down the list of people, you'll probably know most of the people. But um, Winston Churchill, he's the first one. You know, he was known as being a great, great leader. And, his, you know, his famous, famous speech that was all of never, ever, 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 ever give up. And then he sat back down. That's his, that was one of his famous speeches, and it's quoted again and again and again, and it's something we take heart in. But he was estranged from his political party because they had some disagreements from 1929 to 1939. So during that 10-year period, he was kind of exiled or ostracized from his political party. Well, after 1939, what happened? World War II. And... It's funny because he, as soon as the war broke out, he was actually, someone elected him to a, a position, a, like an admiral position, and I think it was the British Navy, I'm assuming, is the admiral. And um, that essentially brought him back into the political party. And then in 1940, one year after he returned from his outcast or extra ex exile or ostracism, whatever you want to call it, he was elected prime, he was he elected prime minister. So he goes from being the outcast of the political party. I know that could happen in the United States any day now um, with the political situation. Somebody that's on the outs today. But he was on the outs for 10 years before he ever thought he would come back and be anything significant in, in history or in politics. Thomas Edison, he's another one. Boy, we owe a lot to Thomas Edison. And you know, his teachers in school growing up told him, that he was too, too, I can't even say it, he was too stupid to learn anything. And he did not let that get him down. He went on to hold more than a thousand patents. And of course, he invented <laughs> some things that we hold very dear today, like the phonograph, the electric lamp, uh, and a movie camera. I mean, those are some of his main invention, inventions, but he held a thousand patents. And, um, He's also the one that I think after he invented the light bulb, he said it just, he learned there was just 10,000 ways that it wouldn't work before he learned that there was one way it would work. So it's amazing how the mindset of these people, you know, Oprah Winfrey is one of the great, um, 
billionaires of our day, and she has been largely self-made. But you know what? She was fired from her first television job. She was a television anchor in Baltimore, and she was fired. And she kept going, and she kept pushing along, and she kept moving forward. And eventually, I think her empire day is worth just under $3 billion. So she didn't quit. She kept going. Oh, Walt Disney. Who doesn't know Walt Disney? Man, everybody across the world knows Walt Disney. And I run into people all day long down in Key West who have come through Orlando and gone to Disney World. And um, it's very interesting because in his early years, he was working for a newspaper. And he was fired by the newspaper editor. And you won't believe the reason why. <laughs> because he, they said he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Can you imagine that, telling Walt Disney he had no good ideas? Well, he didn't just fail at that. He then went on to fail at several more businesses and finally had a success when he premiered the movie Snow White. Who knew? Who knew that Walt Disney had no imagination and no good ideas before he finally created Disney World? And you know, when you look at the world of Hollywood, Steven Spielberg is a name that is just legendary. But you know what's funny? He's, he's a great uh, movie director. And he, I mean, people love working with Steven Spielberg. And some of the greatest movies of our time were done by Steven Spielberg. But do you know that when he was trying to get into the University of Southern California, they have a school of cinematic arts. He was rejected multiple times. He, he couldn't even get in to film school. But 1975, he came out with Jaws. Boy, that changed everything for him. So can you imagine not even being able to get into uh, film school and then going on to becoming the great person that Steven Spielberg is? I'm sure anybody uh, that got rejected that many times would have to have a lot in them to continue. R.H. Macy. You might have known them as Macy's Department Store. Boy, he failed at a bunch of retail advent, uh, retail uh, ventures in his early years. And in the early days, those failures just led him to the next one. And at age 36, he finally launched R.H. Macy and Company, which then grew to become the largest department store chain in the world, Macy's. The famous Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, there's so much that that store did, but can you imagine having failure after failure after failure? And then all of a sudden, having a huge, the you know, starting a chain that became the world's largest department store chain in the world? I mean, the world? That's crazy. You're going to like this one. Japanese. Sochiro Honda. He was so crazy that his unique vision got him ostracized by the Japanese business community. Listen to this. He was a mechanical genius, and he actually idolized Thomas Edison. And so because he idolized Thomas Edison, he kind of went against the norm in, Jap in Japan. And that's clearly not okay <laughs> in that culture. And it was funny because he had a passion for aggressive individualism. And he was alienated from all these Japanese businessmen because they value teamwork and loyalty and, you know, uh, conformity. 
But Honda came over and challenged the American automotive industry in the 1970s. And what happened? Now, some of the best cars in the United States are the Japanese cars. He started the Japanese automotive revolution because he didn't fit in and he didn't do uh, what everyone else was doing. He had a greater vision and a greater passion. Oh, Colonel Harlan David Sanders. Colonel Sanders, do you have any idea how many jobs he was fired for became, before he became a successful restaurateur? Dozens. He failed at dozens of jobs and was fired. I cannot imagine the blow to his self-esteem, his psyche, his ego, and to keep pushing through. And you know what? He had this chicken recipe, and he was traveling all across the United States looking for someone to sell his fried chicken because he had a great recipe, he had a great product. So he finally stumbled on someone in Utah who gave him an opportunity, and Kentucky Fried Chicken was born. And now it's one of the most uh, iconic uh, images of fried chicken in the, the United States. Kentucky Fried Chicken has over uh, a chain and franchises. I think there's over 18,000 of them or something all over the world, not just in the United States. And the interesting thing about him is that he was in his 60s when he finally found his success. Gosh, I hope it doesn't take me that long. That's going to be a lot of struggling before that point in time. Oh, no matter how, no matter how you feel about this guy. Dick Cheney, he had trouble adjusting to, the, to culture and even his classes at Yale University. So he dropped out, and he went back, and then he dropped out. And it's funny because I think there was a joke one time that George W. Bush said whenever he was uh, had Dick Cheney as his vice president. He said, so now you know that if you graduate from Yale, you become president. And if you drop out of Yale, you get to be vice president. Because Dick Cheney dropped out of college and never finished at Yale. And by the way, has gone has, even before he became vice president, was very successful in a lot of things that he was doing and has been a successful businessman as well. Sir Isaac Newton. Wow. That's a brain right there. He was pulled out of school as a child because his family needed him to run the family farm. But he failed at running the farm miserably. And very quickly his mother realized that he was not meant to till land and, and run a farm. So she went on and let him finish his education, and then she persuaded him to enroll in Cambridge University. After he finished, she knew he wasn't going to make anything of the agricultural um, farming-type uh, industry that her family was, was in, and so he became one of the greatest scientists, and boy, didn't he change math and physics with his laws. I mean, how many laws of Newton did you learn in, in science? It's crazy. Vera Wang, boy, she's a fashion icon. <laughs> Little known fact, she tried and failed to make the U.S. Olympic figure skating team. I didn't know she was an ice skater. But then she went on to become an editor at Vogue magazine. 
and later on, she was passed over for the editor-in-chief position at Vogue magazine. And at age 40, after having all that behind her at age 40, she began designing wedding gowns. And now every bride in the world wants a Vera Wang wedding gown. She now has a fashion empire worth over a billion dollars. And she didn't really even get started in that until she was 40. Crazy. It's crazy to think that it can take that long for people to really kind of bloom and blossom. Sidney Poitier, boy, he first auditioned for the American Negro Theater. And because he had such a heavy Caribbean accent and he flubbed his lines, the director threw him out. He did not even let him finish his audition, told him he was wasting his time. And so Poitier went on and worked on what he needed to with his delivery. And eventually he became a huge Hollywood actor. He got the Academy Award for the Best Actor in, um, I, I don't even remember what film it was. was I, I don't know what film it was. I know he's got no Best Actor Award. But the thing about it is that's so interesting to me is when you hear him talk, I can't even tell that he's not from the United States. He did such a great job in working on his uh, accent so that no one could tell him, uh, to, no one could tell that he wasn't from here. Now, another great mind, boy, this one is, is uh, iconic. In fact, we, we use it in uh, modern vernacular when someone's really smart. They're an Einstein, baby Einstein, right? As a child, Albert Einstein had some difficulty communicating, and he couldn't even really learn in a traditional manner, like in traditional schools. He had some communication and behavioral problems. But they weren't because he wasn't smart. And he went on after his difficulties in school and he won the Nobel Prize in Physics because he discovered the photoelectric effect. He also had a special theory of relativity that we know um, built on uh, and tried to correct. I think his relativity corrected some of the flaws that Isaac Newton put out there with some of his theories. But uh, Einstein is the E equals MC squared. So it's, it's very interesting because these are all people that we uh, only hear and only know for what they did. We don't know, what they, for what, know them for what they failed at. Fred Astaire, <laughs> well, after he finished one of his first screen tests for uh, trying out for a movie, the person that was doing the audition wrote on his card, he can't sing, can't act. He's slightly balding, and he can dance a little. Can you imagine Fred Astaire? He can dance a little. Went on to become a, a just a complete legend in Broadway and even in Hollywood. More close to our current time, J.K. Rowling. You might remember her as the person who wrote Harry Potter and invented and created Harry Potter and Quidditch and all these other crazy things with Hogwarts and everything else. But she was a single mom living off welfare. She began writing. Now, boy, she's got the seven book Harry Potter series, movies, more coming out. And she became a billionaire in 2004. Unbelievable. She can go from single mom 
living off welfare to billionaire because she had a passion. She had a dream. Charles Darwin, boy, he was only an average student, and he was thinking about going into medicine, but he decided to go to school to become a parson, a parson back in those days. Oh, that's funny. And he continued to study nature, and he found his true calling, and he traveled the world, and he did some very monumental writings on the origin of species, and he kind of changed the way people thought about evolution. Now, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, you cannot say that what he wrote was not uh, world-changing, and he is definitely one that is still still quoted today and people are still, I mean, people are called Darwinists and, and that sort of thing today because they espouse his way of thinking. So he's definitely legendary. Get this, Vincent Van Gogh, do you know that during his lifetime he only sold one painting? One of the greatest, what we consider artists of all times, only sold one painting. It was called The Red Vineyard. And you know what? He only sold that just a couple of months before he died. <laughs> Can you imagine working all your life on all these masterpieces? Right before you die, you sell one of them. And so he, he, he was, you know, in his life, he never even knew great success. He has no idea that, you know, ages and ages later, he is one of the most recognizable and most famous paintings and the most sought after you know, painters uh, in the world. I mean, people will spend millions of dollars to get an original Van Gogh. He's considered to be a master at what he did. Oh, Harrison Ford. He's another one. He had a small movie role at the beginning of his career, and whenever he. <laughs> He was done doing his part in the movie. An executive took him into an office and told him he would never succeed in the movie business. Now, never succeeding, if that means, you know, what, 50 or 60 years in the movie business doing movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, I guess we'd all love to not succeed that well. Um, but amazing. It's amazing that people can be so beat down and be so... Uh, maligned by people who are supposed to know what they're talking about, but yet something inside them says, this is not going to be the end of me. You haven't heard the last of me. It's interesting. Theodore Seuss Geisel, better known as Dr. Seuss. We all love Dr. Seuss. Who doesn't love Dr. Seuss? Who didn't grow up with Dr. Seuss? My goodness. You know, he had his first book rejected by 27 different publishers. 27 different publishers. And then later on, you know, he wrote, they ended up writing the whole series. I mean, who didn't, who didn't have that? I mean, back in the day when we were kids, we didn't have Kindles and all that. We had bookshelves and books. And we had Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys later on as we were older. But when we started out, boy, we had the whole series of Dr. Seuss. And I think we were even on some kind of a thing where you get a new one every month or something. It was crazy. But we loved reading those. And they've sold over 600 million copies after, since, since he got rejected by 27 different publishers. Have you tried to do something where you've been rejected 27 times and you kept doing it anyway? That's a lot. I feel like that's what I'm in. I'm in my, what, seventh or eighth or ninth. 
<laughs> incarnation. Lucille Ball. She appeared in so many second tier or what we would call B movies at the beginning of her Hollywood career that she became known as the queen of the B movies. And she got her big break, of course, whenever she got picked up to be the wife of uh, Desi Arnaz and turned it into the I Love Lucy show. Um, she Once she married Desi, CBS picked her and Desi up for the show, and I Love Lucy turned turned her career on its end and became her helped her become a legendary comic icon. So, and I tell you to this day, who doesn't love to sit down and watch Vitamija Benjamin and all those other crazy stunts she pulled? It's ridiculous. Boy, Henry Ford, a young Henry Ford. You know, he ruined his reputation with a couple of failed automotive businesses. <laughs> oh, some of us are just working on ruining our reputations right now, but after he conducted a search and tried to find somebody who would give him another chance. He finally found a partner to go in business with him that actually believed in his ideas. And when he did, he was able to create Ford Motor Company. And part of the reason he was able to create Ford Motor Company and become successful at the production line type of uh, manufacturing is because he'd already learned his lessons on all those failed businesses. I heard an interview one time that was talking about a, a guy that had invested $1.8 million in this particular entrepreneur, and he had failed. And the, the business went under, and he, he just he didn't get his money back. And he said, uh, someone was interviewing, and they said, oh, I bet that's one guy you'll never invest again, invest in again. And he said, oh, it's just the opposite. I've already paid $1.8 million for his education, so he ought to be really good from here on out. And the interesting way to think about it, but that's exactly what Henry Ford, and he's also the one that's famous for saying whether you can, whether you think you can, or whether you think you can't, you're right. And that definitely changes the way that you uh, think about how much our minds control our success or failure. Do you have a Dyson vacuum cleaner? Do you love your Dyson? Well, Sir James Dyson, when he was developing his vacuum, he had 5,126 failed prototypes. And he had burned through every bit of his savings in 15 years with the 5,126 failed prototypes in order to create the vacuum that he had a vision for. Now most people don't sell, I don't sit there and say I have a vision and a passion for selling vacuums, but he did. And whenever he finally got the 5,127th prototype, it actually worked. And now Dyson has become the best-selling bagless vacuum cleaner brand in the United States. And he is now going from penniless after 15 years of trying he is now worth an estimated uh, about four and a half billion with a B dollars. Did it pay off for him? Were those 15 years worth it? I think he'd probably say, yeah. Stephen King, you've heard of him, probably read him from him. He grew so frustrated after he attempted to write the novel Carrie that he actually threw away the entire draft manuscript. Just tossed it right in the trash. Luckily, 
he had a wife <laughs> who found the manuscript in the trash and took it out and saved it. And Carrie is actually what launched his career. That's the book that made him, put him on the map and made him a great horror writer, as it were today. So he's now sold somewhere in the neighborhood of over 350 million copies. It's crazy. And then, you know what? It happens to us every single day. We're getting rejected. We're having failures. And you got to keep going. And that's, that's exactly where I am. I'm going to keep trying this till I figure it out. And sometimes, you know what? Just the fact that you try something once and it doesn't work, you keep trying and you keep doing it you know eventually people will see you again and again persevering and they will think you know what you've got a lot of heart and a lot of soul putting into every bit of whatever product whatever service whatever you're doing to provide um, for your customers and they will respect you and they will eventually uh, come on board and you'll, you'll get what you want so I'm hanging in there I hope you're hanging in there I'm hoping in a lot of ways that we pick up very quickly, uh, got bills to pay, got things due, and I cannot afford to keep losing money every day. So uh, that's where I am, and I hope that you take the lessons you've heard of the reminders. You've probably heard all of the things that I've talked about this morning before, but take them as reminders that failure is not final. And so pick yourself up and keep going again and again and again, because some of the greatest successes in the history of the world have come after not just one failure, but multiple failures. So some of us are just getting our failures out of the way so that we can then go on to our successes. So I hope you're along those lines with me and going to keep plowing on and keep trying. If you need a website for anything that you're doing, any of your ventures, simply go to brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash websites. On there you'll see a little fill in the blank where you want to put in whatever URL you're thinking about getting. It might even just be your own name. You want to own a URL for your name. And many famous people do. Not that you're famous. You don't even have to be famous. But many people want to go ahead and get that so that somebody else can't get it and put up whatever they want about you. <laughs> so there's a lot of different strategies for that. But anyway, no matter what you need a website for, brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash websites. Go there. If you buy your website, I'll send you a uh, document that gives you the best plugins that you should go ahead and get installed on your WordPress website to help with your functionality and help you, uh, you be able to navigate what you want a little bit better on that. So it'll give you a little bit of a jump start in getting it set up. Don't pay people a lot of money to do it. Do it yourself. You have the time. Plus you need to learn. You need to know what you're doing to set up a website. So let me know if I can help you in any way. Thanks again for coming along on this journey with me. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.